It's the Fat AZ Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy. Vance is not in the front of the Ranger. He's standing next to me because there's a another character in, in the pole barn. His name is Mike Kickle. He is uh, high energy. He uh, likes the podcast. And he said he's going to be entertaining. So we're going to hold him to high standards tonight. Um, so there's no one in the front of the podcast. Instead, there's a bunch of baits that I sold Mike over the past, I don't know, a year and a half. Plus some other baits that I don't even know where they came from. Leave that in there. I don't want to look at that. Did you build that or find it on the street? Uh, this is actually a proven battle horse right here. A, a battle My horse? My buddy Justin Neckloff gave it to me. Okay, we'll talk about that battle horse soon. We got Todd Young on speakerphone. And... Uh, <laughs> if you guys just Great heard start. that, all of all of his rods just fell. He he packed everything he owns, leaned them up against the side of the boat, and they just crashed to the ground. I would have loved. I I have some traps set out for squirrels. Nice. I would have loved to have those the the tip top get bit off by one of them leg holds. This is a full con- potential full contact podcast. You have traps. We have hooks everywhere. We have we have your deer rifle guns, sitting right there. Gun. Guns, yep. antlers, everything. We got three fish mounts, a tractor. Stay as still as you can. So, it's True like a it's, American pool barn. It's like a saw movie, really. Yeah, but it could be. It, yeah. could, it very well could be. Uh, but anyways, we'll hit the sponsors. Fatty Z Musky products. FattyZMuskie.com, FattyZMuskie products on Facebook, blah, blah, blah. We got Todd Young. Find him on Facebook. Make him your friend. He's in charge of Muddy Creek Fishing Guides. Go to MCFishingGuides.com or Muddy Creek Fishing Guides on Facebook. Uh, We also have an Instagram account. Vance runs that. It's kind of like the Muddy Creek slash FattyZ Instagram account. Kind of. It is. It is. It is. Coming to you, I'm all out of pictures too because I updated uh, my phone and didn't back it up properly. So I think because you didn't do that iOS nine or whatever, and they lost it all. Uh, they lost it all. No, I I think I lost it all pretty. I think it's on me, so I'm not too upset about it. But I I uh, I'm lacking on pictures. All uh, those fish pictures and everything are gone. Do you, do you have them on the old phone? I don't want to talk about it. I erased it like a dipshit. Seriously. Yeah. I was going to say, just back it up on iTunes and then reload it on the new phone. They're gone. All the fish pictures are gone. All the memories. Oh, no. <laughs> well, you know what I'm going to do for you? I'm going to open up that muskie hunter that you were in. I'm going to snap like three photos. And I'll send them to you. There, I got I to gotta start. I got to start digging. I got to start go. fishing more, too. Uh, so, Todd, you want to hit the show dates again for everyone? Yeah. Yeah, we got the, the this two weeks, uh, Saturday the 16th, Winterfest up at uh, Brain State Park, just north of Pittsburgh. Uh, it's, it's not really a fishing show, but we're going to have a little, I'm going to have a little thing set up for ice fishing there, and uh, it's, it's always a fun day. We can get your stuff in, and we can talk muskies, even though we won't be fishing for them. But uh, you... we got the Ohio show, 22nd, 23rd, 24th, that is over near Columbus, Hillier to Ohio. That's the one Tony and Greg put on. Uh, Dale Wiley is going to be in our booth with us. We got a double booth, and it's going to be sort of a big. Uh, it's going to be the Wiley Fatty Z Muddy Creek booth. Uh, Triple threat. 
That's a big booth. Yeah. And then we have on Sunday, the uh, 31st, Muskie Road Rules. There's going to be like five different guys speaking. That's going to be down at the Butler Days Inn at times and stuff. You can find that easily on the on the, on the computer. And then we we will be going down to Kentucky, 26th, 27th. Or I think the show is actually the 27th and 28th. Uh, that's somewhere down around Cave Run Lake there, somewhere in Moorhead. And then our last one, the biggie for us, is the 5th and 6th of March, Muskie Mats. Down at the uh, Cranberry or Hilton, I believe. Double trip. And uh, that's uh, that's gonna wrap up our shows. Yeah. So okay, we got all that out of the way. You're doing an ice fishing seminar. Where are you getting your ice? Well, I have a little fake. I have a little piece of uh, uh, board, like un- underlayment, like co- concrete board for going under ceramic towel. I drill, I, I, I cut two eight-inch holes in them, mm. and uh, it, it's just like a little demonstration. People come, there's there's all kinds of stuff going on, dog sleds and sleigh rides and stuff, or you know, cross-country skiing, if there's no snow, they just do a hay ride and stuff. They but do still, water skiing. It, it, it's just an outdoor <laughs> festival. There'll be a guy carving ice, guys doing chainsaw carvings, and I just have a little, like, you know... We have a couple different types of tip-ups, and I put them in the hole, and people come over, and, oh, wow, that's what that is, you know. Because, really, ice fishing, uh, there's a lot of people don't understand what guys are doing out there, you know. Uh, you just see in the old stick flag tip-ups going up people. There's people that are just amazed that that's the way we're out there fishing with the, you know. Yeah. i, I got to ask you this question. When you put them yeah. eight-inch holes in that cement board, did it dull your auger at all? Yeah, it did. I had an excellent time. The board was spinning all around. Yeah. <laughs> no, I have a little sample thing. I put like two tapes, so they're like hanging down, and I actually have a little line. And, you know, the kids come over and pull the, and then they see how we know we have a fish and stuff. It's a, it's a, there have been times that we put rods out, you know, that we that we set tip ups out and stuff, but it not not. They they quit doing that. A couple of years ago, there was just so many people came walking out. I, I got a little nervous, you know. I mean, there was six inches of ice, but there was hundreds of people walking out. I was like, we got too many people here in one spot, you know. Water coming up through the hole. Well, yeah, water coming. You got a big pond on top. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I said, well, you know, you guys got to keep dibs on these people and you know let them come out in groups. You can't have everybody walking out there. It wasn't like there was. A, a real plentiful amount of ice. So we've been going that for years up there. Yeah. It's good. It's a nice day. They have a chili cook off. It's always fun. Uh, t- doing the, the 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 chili taste test they have. And, yeah. Nice. Ah, so we got this guest. He promised to be high energy. So far, he hasn't said a word. <laughs> He's waiting. Just waiting for the right opportunity. All right. I was okay. going to ask Todd, what uh, what are you showing them to do with your tip-ups? Like musky fish? Or are you setting them for walleyes? Or... No, I, I just I, I just show them basically what... Uh, like, I'll take a little jigging pole, and I'll set it into one hole, and I'll take the tip-up up, and just... They're basically just seeing how, you know, as if I had a, ba- a minnow on there for bass oh, fishing okay. or something. You know, just to show them, you know, uh, what what guys are doing when they're standing there 
on the ice. Looking at a hole. <laughs> Look, yeah, yeah, they look at each other and then they take off running for some reason. You know, people don't under. There's a lot of people that just don't understand the ice fishing thing. That you're not just sitting there with a fishing rod, you know. And uh, the tip ups always always gain some. What I used to do with Jim Burr, he has like all the different types of them. You know, different ones that jigging ones and ones that have antifreeze in them, and you know, use a little bobber and a magnet. I just had the standard, uh, the, the standard, uh, you know, stick, stick tip ups. But, the old uh, school wooden ones. Yeah, there, there hasn't been anybody out yet together. Picture, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah. Now at Moraine, they they have a really good bass bite or something that goes on in the winter. Is, is yeah, they have a, it's an un, it's unbelievable when when that when that ice first comes on. Uh, I I never push it. I don't go out real early, but the guys that go out the first thing and doing some of those back bays first ice. I mean. I, uh, you know, dozens and dozens of, uh, shiners, you know, you, 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 it's nothing to, you know, it's nothing to get 30 to 50 flags in that early season in a, you know, in the morning. I mean, and there's just something about that lake because, you know, I don't think they catch largemouth everywhere like that, but yeah. in, uh, in Moraine, I mean, the, the, the bass fishing is just phenomenal, especially when the ice first comes on. Now, how many? And there's a lot of pipe too. How many tip ups can you have per man in PA? You can have. It used to be. Uh, now you can have a combination of five, five, five poles per person, whatever combination you wanted. You used to only ever be able to do like two jigging poles, three tip ups, or you could just run five tip ups, but uh, five little traps, I guess you can call them, uh, per man. So. You know, when we used to go around and do a, do, do a lot of ice fishing, you know, it was fun. It was, uh, you know, we don't get the ice like a lot of guys out in the, you know, Wisconsin, Minnesota, where you're allowed to pull, you know, we, we, uh, buildings out there and ride quads and stuff, you know. Uh, there's nowhere in PA that you're allowed to do that. You can take little pop-up ice shanks, but... Uh, you know, we used to go try new lakes and get a group of six or eight people. You know, you you know you get five or six people or something with five tip ups. You can really spread stuff out and you know get things figured out pretty quick. Whether where you know you know what depth you, what, what depth the fish you're at, and, you know stuff like that. Now, Todd, when you were fishing for pike through the ice, when you set mm -hmm. your tip ups, do you prefer a? Uh... Just heavy fluorocarbon leader and a circle hook, or do you use small treble hooks, or do you use those uh, stinger rigs? Or do I you... use all just, uh, we, we pretty much are always using shiners. I struggle. I've tried many times. There used to be times when we could get our own bait, you know, catching nice shiners in a slippery rock creek or in some of the, the, the backwaters, get some nice creek jobs. Okay. But, man, it just takes, uh, that's a hard, it, it, it's been getting hard to get the bait. So usually we're just, just buying the stuff at a, at a store. And I always use, I, I use like a, uh, uh, I use a small treble hook. Okay. I found that, the, you know, I, and it's the same rig that I did for the bass. I hook them in the back, you know, and let those shiners just flutter around. I never get the, those bass and the, the pike, you know, they never swallow that, that treble hook. Yeah. When I used to use single hooks, sometimes they would they would just you know it would it would be uh, caught down in their throat or down in their gills. But uh, that that's pretty much why I use the treble. Is uh, I, I don't know why that is, but they they just seem to never never swallow that thing. It always just gets stuck in the side. 
and uh, but yeah, mostly just the shiners, you know. Did uh, did you ever see guys put a, a little like from their uh, Dacron on their tip up? They have a three foot like fluorocarbon leader, a barrel swivel, a smaller spoon as an attractant, and off the bottom of that spoon, then they have like a foot long piece of fluorocarbon and a treble or circle hook. Did you ever use that as an attractor? Wow. I, I I never have, but I know you know there's a lot of guys who do a lot of you know you can you you can do a lot of neat things uh, with those yeah. tip ups because. You know, you're sitting, you know, you're not, once you find your depth, you can set something up just inches off the bottom, you know, yeah. and it, it's going to stay there because that tip-up's not moving. Uh, you know, you're not drifting into shallower water or anything. Uh, but uh, I've seen some guys doing stuff like that. Yeah, I've never really got that. You know, most of the time when we did, when we went, you know, the big thing is sometimes we would go up to pomatooning and walleye fish, then yeah. I would just cut all that that wire off. But I, I use that seven-strand wire uh you know, fairly, fairly light, twenty-pound catch. You can tie it like a, like a line, and uh, you know the bass seem to. Hit. I mean, if I thought I was going to catch more bass, I, I, it doesn't seem to make a difference to those things. You know, the bass seem to hit it just the same whether I'm using that or not. Now, when I do go walleye fishing, we change that over to a light fluorocarbon. You know, with little, little, uh, you know, smaller shiners and things. But I haven't, I haven't been up to Pondicherry in quite a while. Yeah, we uh we went up there a couple times this year. Well, it'd have been last year, and um, mm -hmm. we would put huh? yeah we would put the uh, Aquaview down the camera, and it you would be amazed how many fish you would see small walleyes in the bottom of that reservoir. I mean, we easily saw 100, 150 walleyes just cruising through on the fish camera, which I'm gonna have Andy paint up here <laughs> to get look like a crappy to entice him, but. It's um, it was amazing, but those fish were so finicky. Now those same the same fish, but in Lake Erie when we go out ice fishing in the western part of the lake for them, mm -hmm. unbelievable different. Those fish are just active, and when they're on, and you see that red mark on your vexlar, we fish all vexlars. I know some guys have markums, and you could change the screen and not. But though it's like two or three red bars, and you'll be jigging, jigging, jigging. You'll rip it up three or four feet, and those fish will dart up. You'll hit it. The rod will just go limp. You'll set the hook, and it's like hooking onto a cinder block. Where the yeah. where those walleyes yeah. in Pima Tuning, they were very finicky, very skittish. You know, you're lucky to catch a handful on a good day. Whereas when we go out to Lake Erie, it's you're catching really quality class walleyes. I'll tell you that those big fat females that are getting ready to spawn. You know, we try oh, to throw yeah, yeah. some of them back, but yeah. you go there and you catch a 10 or 12 pound walleye, it's kind of hard to throw it back down the hole. Absolutely. And if it's in your legal limit, I think you're allowed to take it. Yeah. Yeah. You think? Well, I know some guys have issues with keeping fish like that, but What's then... What's legal isn't always ethical. Well, then here's the thing. How's an 80-year-old woman <laughs> going to give birth? You know, a walleye of that age, you need the younger, smaller fish to actually spawn, whereas those older fish... Did, did you ask the them? Lake, well, did you ask the eighty-year-old woman? There's studies online that you could find, and there's some charter captains around. How like, good did you do last year through the ice? We did very well. We actually made a couple trips up, and I heard every weekend. Every weekend we went, we did very well. A uh, couple we, trips every weekend. You were probably doing it this time last year. No, we would typically go. It got better later in the years. Those fish were moving up. I think it's the Ma Maui River. Yeah. And um, what's the other river out there? The Detroit River's on check or? I believe it's the Detroit. Detroit flows out of St. Clair, correct? And into Lake yeah, Erie. Yeah. yeah. And the later in the year, those fish, 
swing to the west more. They follow a big migration. They come back down, and they all. And for anyone back. that's listening, he's making a circle with his hands. Yeah. <laughs> Showing so you. Would, so you would drive all the way up there. So we have a buddy who's in the Coast Guard out of Catawba Island, yeah. and we'd stay at his house, and we'd have a couple four wheelers, and we would take the four wheelers, launch them early in the morning. Usually go. We what kind of outboard when you launch the four wheeler? <laughs> well, we'd pull them out of these trailers, and there's ice and snow, and the tracks always slipped off because we never had proper tracks. They were only two by sixes, but then the ice would build up on the lip of the trailer, and then next thing you know, they'd come falling off. Wow! It was just. But it sounds like you weren't prepared. Well, we were prepared because every time we went out there, we caught a lot of fish. But <laughs> so what happens is you take your four wheeler and you go. There's some guys go three miles, four miles, five miles. We have a couple different spots. We use Navionics to see where we're going because it looks like a desert out there, like you're on the moon. And we go out there. Looks usually, like a desert. You're on the moon. If you can explain envision. that. All right. So it's just all white, <laughs> all, all white, gray, gray. But it's it's. I didn't know there was rainfall a, on the it's moon. It's a desert out there because there's essentially nothing around. It's flat. It's but deserted. you look like you're on the moon. Yeah. Okay. Just, okay. I was hey, it sounds awesome. It is this sweet. Is... You should definitely do it. There's airboats that take guys out and drop you off guided trips. Um, That's incredible. Okay, so you're you're driving the four wheeler out. Here's the operation. So we're all under 25 years old. We're you know some of us fresh all drunk out of up. All drunk up. Uh, <laughs> well, usually a, usually. A, you got to have a couple for breakfast. Last night. <laughs> yeah. well, the, um, so we kind of do things. We all chip in, you know. And we have three guys. Some guys are in airboats and really nice snowmobiles. And there's these big, you know, 30 by 8, these enclosed trailers. With out comes Ski-Doo, out comes this. Uh, but we pull up with an old beat-up four-wheeler that's down from somebody's camp, you know. Yeah. But usually my buddy Camp's driving it. I'm sitting on top. Then we got... Sean and the sled out back, and then we built this. We took two skis and put it on a pallet. So, because we found we went to trial and error after going a few times, the proper way to do it. So, we get it off like three or four feet. We put his sled, then we put my pop up shanty on top. Then we have another fish because the first time we went out there, we caught a bunch of fish. Didn't account for the volume of how many walleyes are because I think you're allowed to keep four after March, but I think it's five or six. I think it's six um, before the first of the year, before March 1st. So anyways, we get out there, we're going, 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 and you find a spot that everybody just starts taking things off. One guy starts shoveling snow, then you start popping a few holes. You put your Vexlars down to see if there's fish there, because you're not going to deploy this major setup. My shanty, another shanty, two guys fishing, the heaters, you know, all that stuff. And so once we feel comfortable in a spot, we usually go out there on a Friday night. We get there, fish Friday evening, mark our stuff. And then what we would do is just leave our stuff out on the ice. You're seven miles out. And yeah. then we would just take our four-wheelers back in, you know, go out for the night's festivities, get up in the morning, and go. And there's a little bait stand out there called Rickard's Bait and Tackle, I think it's what it's called. And they Buy out have, there, out on the lake? No, it's um, a mile from shore. But it's the bait, it's the... So it's out in the lake. No, no, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's a mile from the launch where you park. There's typically three places to on park. On land. On land. There's okay. Catawba. You went out of, out of Toledo? Uh, we go out of Catawba Island, uh, There's and we also go a little further west. It's called McGee Marsh. Those guys from In-Depth Outdoors fished out there. They had a couple. They did two shows. And then there's an Air Force base as well that you can launch out of, too. It's great. It's fascinating to go out there. And watching those walleyes, like, once you start getting dialed into a program, it's pretty, it's pretty sweet to actually see. And one of the things I found when it was slower during the day, we would... Uh, 
we would use rattle traps and start ripping rattle traps. And then we would immediately, I was telling Vance this because Andy was making fun of my rattle trap, which caught a 40-inch northern, by the way, in a local lake. And uh, so we start ripping these rattle traps, and then you'd, you'd see the fish mark come up. You'd reel them up, and then we'd have another rod with a size 6 Swedish pimple and three giant shiners hooked through the head. What's drop giant? It down. Giant. You know, your standard shiners probably... Two inches, three inches they perch fish with. We were getting the big ones, probably three and a half, four inches. Okay. You know, hooking them up through the throat, out through the skull, so they'd stay on your hook. And then we'd run a stinger hook off the bottom of the Swedish pimple. And we would start jigging, jigging those. And then next thing you know, you'd get a hit. You'd reel it in. So it was pretty cool. It's like you were calling in the fish with the rattle traps and catching them with a different presentation. Unbelievable fish. And watching a walleye through the ice. Like I told you, we had that camera. And... We would put it so it had the tail. You'd hook the cord, run it up through, S it around the tail so it was facing down. The screen of the fish, which is actually the mouth. And you would see the walleyes. And the ones that were interested, that were truly going to feed when they wanted to stalk their prey, it was so cool. You would see, you'd start jigging, jigging, jigging. You would raise one off the bottom. And he thought he was so stealthy seeing these fish because they had the black bars over their backs, kind of like a big perch, you know, Vance? And, um... They would, it's like they would use their air bladders to raise themselves up. And then at the last moment, you would just see this mouth and they would hit it. Like they would almost T-bone it, engulf everything and immediately go back down. And that's when you'd get your hook set. And that is awesome. It's unbelievable fighting, <laughs> fighting a big walleye. That's great stuff to watch when you're able to do that. It's just incredible. It is. Cause you know, you actually get to see what the, you know, the red bars are doing on your Vexlar. You can actually put a, uh you know, a little visual aspect to it with the aqua view. And the water was crystal clear a bunch of times we went there, which was pretty interesting. And then what another thing is cool too is when you get that clear ice, you can actually, when you're fighting the fish, you get them up, you know, they dart away from the hole. You can actually see the fish swim away. You know, there's some videos out there, guys like battling big lake trouts or muskies um, through the ice and they catch them in that clear ice. You can see the fish. It's unbelievable. Wow. Seven miles out in Lake Erie, middle, uh, Middle of winter. You plan on doing that this year? Now, if we get the ice, yeah. If not, I think we'll make a trip up and just go jig for them. Yeah. That sounds in- in- crazy. Do it. If you have a free weekend, but dedicate at least two days because some days the weather isn't right, complete blizzard, it could be, you know, windy. And it all depends on which way the wind is, too, because <laughs> I could keep going on about ice fishing Lake Erie, but if there's a, um, if the wind's the wrong way, the ice will shift creating these giant pressure cracks and breaks in the ice. And say it's a south wind, it'll push that ice towards Canada and Detroit. So then there's a void on how you're going to get your four-wheeler across this three, four-foot gap of open water because there's these giant pressure cracks that go. That's incredible. So we usually... Well, he's uh, prepared. Well, we have a gun rack. When you remember those same two-by-sixes? We bring those, and then and we you make drive, little planks. You, and then yeah, you drive across. I mean, you could YouTube it. You'll see videos of guys with their four-wheelers, like, Two back wheels in, two back wheels out. He thought he could make it. There's four guys holding on to the rope. Is there a current going through those cracks? There can be when the wind picks up. I mean, there's obviously a current in Lake Erie, but usually it's pretty stable under um, under their heavy ice. But when that breaks, yeah, there's significant current. Now, wow. it wasn't, I, I'm going to probably say 10 to 15 years ago, there was a giant, it was out of Cleveland, I think, a giant iceberg, more or less, that the people were made a little bridge to get off and get on this thing and like there was like the correct wind it blew it out in the middle of the lake and there were, people were there were hundreds of people or something out on this ice ice 
iceberg floating out in Lake Erie. There were four wheelers. There were all their gear. Oh my god! They had to go and rescue them and stuff. And I, I, I want to think that the news story, and I could be wrong. Fact check me. I don't care. That they just left the four wheelers there. Tough luck. Sank. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that, that's what I've heard. I mean, I've I've, I've known that that's happened a few times. And, uh, you know, they don't. It costs you big money because I mean, they they go to helicopters and, and lift those guys out of there, but they don't take gear with them. From what I understand, uh, it's donated to Lake Erie. <laughs> the fish gods. Yeah, 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 and, and you know, as, as Mike was saying, just just touching on one thing you mentioned there about those big walleyes. Uh, I don't know if we've touched on it before or not, but uh, it's the same way, you know, the guys in, in, in New York that that uh, when they're out there getting the eggs uh, for the baby muskies for the season, they don't they don't really uh, they don't really monkey around with the great big muskies because they don't get as good of a uh, return, good of a per, uh, percentage of of the, of the of the eggs hatching, you know. Uh, the guy I remember talking to was saying, you know, just a, you know, like a nice 40 inch fish and, uh, you know, a little 28 inch female, or, or, a little 28 inch male is like the perfect scenario for them. You know, that's where you get the best, uh, the best returns for, you know, cause a lot of them don't hatch out of this big fish. So it's true. You know, that, that, that is the, that is the case. Yeah, they uh these Canadian guys, we we threw our pictures up on Facebook and they uh there's uh most comments I ever got on a picture, people were, you know, pretty upset that we were catching and killing those fish, but we're like we're not the breaking the law. Yeah, there's no yeah. slot limit, you know, well you guys are unethical, you're killing those big pregnant fish. I'm like that's no different than an old woman trying to give birth. That fish has been around this lake for 10 years, yeah. 12 years, old fish. Now, obviously, some growth rates are different, but... So you were getting some biggins out there. Giants. Yeah. And, Just big uh, fatties. You, you, you know what, what you were... Kept, you know, you went out twice this, this year on Erie. Yeah. Those fish, but more weight. Because, yeah. And the, all the... Uh, all them because yeah, they're, they're building here, I'll up. I'll show and, you. I got a picture here, Vance. I want to get off topic. Just to give you some perspective of the, the haul... Why we have to bring an extra sled? That's incredible. And you were just going up there, getting your limit, like every weekend. Yeah, pretty much. It were was... you into can Canada at all? No, no, but they um, I think the border is. I think it's ten miles across. Like if you drew a straight line, yeah. we never went. All of our spots were actually the better. We did was closer to shore because we found a nice break. But um, we had some spots that were seven, eight miles out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a pretty cool four-wheeler ride. Like, that's the back of the truck, and we try to let the little ones go, you know, for breeding purposes, but when you pull do, up... Do, do 10, you think it really helped, letting the little ones go for breeding? The overall population? Well, I'm sure every fish counts, but when the grand scheme of things... What's I, I heard Incredible. Lake Erie's estimated 77 million walleye. Yeah, there is a... Uh, 77 million there's walleye. There's a ton of... Yeah, I think, I think it said adult walleye. And I also heard that biologist says 2015 was one of the better years on records for a hatch. Todd, you hear that? Well, yeah, that's cool. Remember 2006? <laughs> yeah. Moon. yeah. Keep, keep that slide. 03 hatch? Check it out. Yeah. I'm looking forward. This ranger is going to get some, uh, some marble eyes in it in a couple, two, three years. A bunch of 15, 16, 17 inches. Incredible. Man, this Limits is, this in 20 is cool. minutes. 
Yeah, I mean, if you yeah. could, if you could get on them in the morning with an effective uh, trolling spread, you know, five planer board rods aside, couple divers, two downriggers, and a shoot rod. Incredible. You uh, you can pretty put you'll put the whoop into them early in the morning. What happens if you just have six board rods and you have two men, and, and you're running? The only bait you need, a grape ape reef runner. Oh, the grape ape reef runner. Well, I mean... Awesome. Yeah, the reef runner's a great bait. It's definitely a staple in walleye fishing in Lake Erie, but there's so many other... You know what? The, here's the worst thing with reef runners. They will ruin your whole program. Yeah. Those things are the worst baits to tune. They're the worst baits to deal with. I rather... I sooner troll a storm any day of the week over a reef runner. Yeah. A storm in one ounce will get down. Now, I'm talking the big storms, not the thunder sticks, but we do use the thunder sticks in the early season. But a big storm in a one ounce weight will get you down... Just about where Reef Runner is, 200 feet back on mono. Yeah. No, at 25 to 30, depending on your speed and the current and what line diameter you have, you're trolling braid or mono. Mm-hmm. Big difference. But Kickle is trying to overcompensate the fact that he has not a lot of ex- musky experience. So. Oh, I don't know, Zomchak. <laughs> we're pretty good. <laughs> Our team, SWD, we're, we're your local hometown heroes. SWD? WSD. WSD. We, we slay dragons. Oh my See, god. See, I, I, I painted a custom bait. Who gave, did you come up with we that? We created that. Yeah, that's the pike rod, Vance. Oh my god. We slay dragons. Well, Get this away from me. Dude, that's the pike rod. Oh my god. I lost a nice musky on this this spring. This but it's the pike too. rod. We slay dragons. Well, yeah. see, I, I painted a bait WSD. for them. WSD. I love it. I, and, and <laughs> You're more than welcome to join. We're accepting new memberships. No, it, it was for Justin. <laughs> and he had me write the initials WSD, and I'm like, well, whatever, and then they finally told me, and I, I felt dirty knowing I now. I felt dirty. I felt dirty doing that. You I, I gave him a good price. I was, you should I, have charged him triple for that. Well, when you're at Chautauqua trolling around, and you catch a fish, or you're casting catch a fish, and that old pontoon boat comes out with Granddad, a couple of kids, hey, what's that? He's like, it's a dragon, look at this thing. You're going to hold up a fat 36, a nice 40. Jesus. Okay, so if you guys slay dragons, what is this sitting here? Well, this actually, the last fish caught on this was, a, I think, a five-pound smallmouth by Justin and Woodcock. But this thing, it uh, this was a very good pike bait over the years. Okay, Todd, I know you can't see this. I'm going to explain it to everybody. Go ahead. It's a war horse. Okay, it is maybe a, maybe a, I don't know, five-eighths lead head spinner bait. <laughs> with, with an action plastic. With one of my one of our soft tail grubs on the back. Check out it's trimmed. Should be cut to a V. They did it correctly. And it has white bucktail, literally looks like from a Pennsylvania white tail, wrapped on with, with red thread that is not glued very well. It is moving all well, over. Well when you catch so many fish, I mean, come on, it's not like Okay. That bait's probably 30 years old. Oh my God. No, it's probably like 12 months old. No, older than that. that. That bait's been around for years. No, it hasn't. These are just standard Gander Mountain Blades you can pick up, and it has a snap swivel that you probably got at the same time. It's an <laughs> off-brand. Some beads you picked up from Steelhead Fishing. Um, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> WSD. I'm, I'm looking at one of the finest spinner baits one can throw. I mean, I know Andy when he makes his spinner baits. You know they're nice. Hey Vance, shiny, Vance, good. tell me how well is that bucktail held on by this thread? 
I would say that it causes a lot of extra vibration. It probably triggers a strike. Well, I, this, my thing this, is, this how is... sharp was the teeth on the last pike I caught on that? Just shredding it to bits. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. No, it's not, it's not like this, this, this thread is broken. It's just loosely... It is so loose on there. It's like a hula hoop on well, a seven-year-old. You know, that's oh like God. on a boat. Keep pounding waves. A couple screws are going to come loose. You know, same principle. You know what? The only thing with loose screws is you thinking this is great. I love it. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. If I'm sick of throwing a raptor and the gliders aren't working, that baby's going on. Mm. Well, you guys have been up to Chautauqua, I know, because there's been a couple times Andy has said, "Keep your eye out for these guys." For WSD. But yeah. I, I, well, I have yet to. I have yet to see them though that I know of. Well, they, they haven't come over to talk to me or anything. But of course, I was. You know, with clients or whatever. You're too busy reaching into the net to look up. (laughs) Well, Todd, if you ever see a fleet of 14-foot aluminum boats with a bunch of 9.9s on the back and two trolling motors... (laughs) No, the ones without the the blue hats and... (laughs) I mean, we don't have umbrellas on our boats. The Mennonites. (laughs) An umbrella reference. I love it. No, we we do it for... We were joking earlier that your bow mount is worth more than our boats. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we call well, it the. And, and, and you know, it just like uh, I said before, that doesn't. That really doesn't mean all that much. I mean, there's other guys that have stuff like that, motors that are worth more than my boat. Uh, you know, a lot of times, you can get it done. You can get it done with whatever you got. You know, it might not be as comfortable as the day, but uh, you can still put that boat in the same spot. Don't get those fish. Nothing wrong with that. I did it for a long time. Bench seats and 14-foot boats, three people. We had a lot of fun in those boats. You get, you get a lot of satisfaction pulling up to the launch. How many fish you catch? Oh, you know, we caught three and had two nice follows. You know, and then some guy pulls up in a nice 16-foot Ranger. Bad AZ yep. musky on the side. Hey, how'd you do? Well, only got to fish for 20 minutes. <laughs> well. Andy, that's that's all well. I I need to tell a little story. The first time I saw Kickle's boat, he he made this this joke that was geared towards Vance about an umbrella. The first time I saw his boat, he had a kitchen table and chairs inside of it. Hey, it it was a move. I was moving. I was giving him the booze shack because he just got a house, and I and I have a jeep, and I had no way to fit it in my jeep, so I just ratcheted down across the bow of the boat. And then went fishing on it? No, no, no. We dropped him <laughs> off. I was just giving my boat to Bushek. He has a barn and let me keep it in there. And um, I know I don't I'll, have a truck. I'll just I go don't. on the record and say I never had an umbrella on any of my boats. <laughs> 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 Ever. I, okay, and I, I'm going to follow up with that. Kickle was like, I'm taking this to Bushek. And I'm like, okay, you know, something you were going to like give it to him to store your boat. And I go over to Bushak's like four months later, and and there's like the table and chairs. He goes, I can't believe Kickle's storing his junk over here. <laughs> now, now that is such a lie. He wanted him. He had no furniture in this barn. It, it's completely heated because the natural gas company's right next door. He's got one chair and a workbench. I'm like, well, how are we gonna hang out? So I'm like, you need a kitchen get, table. I hook, it wasn't a kitchen table. It was a nice. What a housewarming gift. It was gift. a nice bar table that was like three and a half, four feet high. You know, right up to here with two nice chairs. You would find this in a corner of a pub. Is where you'd find this. <laughs> but table. you wouldn't so, find it in the middle of a fourteen foot. It was laid aluminum. right across the bow with the ratchet. Actually, you try to turn it into like a pontoon party bus. 
Well, <laughs> it was it was a means to the because I live about twenty miles to the north of where these guys live south, which would be Edinburgh. five miles into the lake. Well. <laughs> Whatever. How far is Edinburgh to Erie? 20 miles? I always assume it took 20 minutes. I don't know. (laughs) But anyhow, so I use it. I don't have, I have a Jeep Patriot. Very limited. Like I put a ski rack on top when I was in high school so I could carry my fishing rods around. So I just would put them up top, lock them. They didn't run up through the gut because every musky fisherman knows Especially guys who don't have a truck, when you have those big musky rods or trolling rods, the tables break down. like all over the well, place. Well, I'm getting to the point. Yeah. There's not a lot of room. Okay. So the, the, there kill is two there, birds with one there stone. is room, but we could go out there right now and open his back hatch, and it will be a wall. You could not have one of your dogs riding this this vehicle. It's packed so far with junk. Yeah, <laughs> I will gladly open that jeep right now, and there is nothing in it. Clean, clean as a whistle, except my musky gear I brought. I love it. My 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 bank yanking bag and my other bag. A couple Wileys over here. Yeah, he, he he brought the whole spread. The whole spread. I wanted to be I wanted to be prepared because I always get the bait names confused, but I know which ones I like and what I uh don't and that's another thing. Oh that's dirt perch, no, that's orange belly perch, no, that's chartreuse perch. Okay. He he gets the names mixed up. Dirt perch and orange belly perch. Well, yeah. the colors like this one. What do you call this? Some call it what? Three mile perch, and other ones call it no, orange belly perch. That's, What's this called? That, that's that's perch with an orange belly. Three miles right down there. It's a fluorescent green. No. The stinger. What's the difference? The difference is yellow. And the green's different. I don't know. Well, yeah, you paint them so you would know, but these baits can, are pretty can, comparable. T- t- tell me this. Can you see yellow? <laughs> On that stinger. I see like a light green. Okay. Could be a yellow in certain lights. No, it, okay. Hey Vance, from across the boat, can you see yellow? Yes. I can see it. On the... Well, uh, he looks at the bait all the time. He's got the Instagram account. He's, he knows the <laughs> left, right, and center. I mean, I'm just an average fisherman here in a 14-foot boat. With, with a table. Okay, this average fisherman... <laughs> Has told me stories that in college, between classes, he'd go yank smallmouth out, even in like two minutes, because the college was like right down the road. And then he he just he never stops fishing. Legendary those trips. So I finished when I was doing my so he switches gears immediately. We would go and walk. My buddy and I, my friend from Canada, if you're ever in Ottawa, his name's Larry, and. um, Larry in Ottawa. Yeah. There's probably only, only one. Probably just, only one. Uh, you know. If you're ever up there, let me know. I'll just ask for Larry. Direction. Good, fi- good muskie fishing. He actually catches some muskies up there too, but he's a bass fisherman. And we would go and crush. The smallmouth would stack up outside this marina, and it was rocks, and it was like a 10-foot drop-off. And I used to throw rattle traps, and we used to catch 30, 40, 50 fish before... You went to class. school in Ontario. No, no, no. That was at Gannon. That's where okay. he lives now. His okay. visa expired. Okay. Got the old boot. Mm. The old boot, huh? <laughs> okay, so more or less, Kickle is not the average fisherman. He is anything but. Mm. I would say I'm pretty knowledgeable in certain aspects. And the one area you're lacking is what a good spinnerbait looks like. Well, what a good spinnerbait <laughs> is not what it looks like. It's what it produces. And <laughs> that produces... That catches I, I, I'm not going to dwell on the spinnerbait, but when he handed it over... Hair was falling out from gravity. Yeah. Of this, how, how well, tightly some wrapped this is. Well, don't hold their paint job. This one's just... Can't hold its hair? Yeah. Okay. Well, I got some buddies who pike or fly fish for muskies. They'll tie me up. The thing it. needs a skull and crossbones on it. 
And a WSD tattoo. And WSD and that thing. We had a, you know, talking about those, 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 those crazy old spinnerbaits. I had my, my buddy Phil, who mentioned him last time, he, he passed away now, but uh, and another friend of mine, Dave, we were uh, fishing up in Canada, and, and this is going back a good ways. You know, Phil didn't have a whole bunch of stuff, and he had one of those little, I mean, I don't even know what it was. I mean, we called it the... Uh, he called it the macaroni and cheese, and it was just a little, very small spinner, nothing like we use nowadays for muskies. Chintzy, uh, light wire. So he's out there, and he catches a, he gets a four-footer, he gets a 48-inch, my dad has it on video. That was back when my dad had this huge video camera. Did it have a VCR tape in it? What's that? Did it take a VCR tape to, to record yes. it? Is it like yes. a rocket yes. launcher over the shoulder, yeah. one eye in? Yes. That is cool. Yes, and we would take this all the time, and it used to, because we were in smaller boats, we were 14, 16-foot boats, you know, and my dad would be like, I'm going to take the camera, but if it starts raining, we'll have to come back or something. I'm like, no, Dad, we can't come back. You know, sometimes <laughs> we're four miles away, and when you're in a, when you're on a tent horse, you don't, you don't go back in. So we didn't always take it, but anyhow, got it all on video camera. We go back. And, and we're watching it. We're all looking at it through the little thing because the four footer was a really big fish for us at that time. And uh, and my and Phil he has the lure laying there, and my friend Dave picks it up. He's like, "Oh my gosh, you have fifty fifty cent spinner bait!" And as he's holding it, the wire breaks, all the bees go, bing, 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 and they pop all over the the, the room. The, the bait falls apart in his hand, and he really did nothing to it. Uh, <laughs> one of those stories I'll never forget. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, Todd, when you're telling that story, I, I was getting another phone call. Uh, the caller yeah. ID said the Smithsonian. They're probably looking for that spinnerbait. Nice. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, well, might be worth something. I could get a new boat. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't no. you get a new boat, or was that that was Justin? It was Justin. Yeah, Justin. He uh, he upgraded thanks to Andy's help. Nice. We uh, came a long way. We used to make our first platforms out of our boat out of particle board and 2x4. was how we built the platform in between the front seat and the, the middle bench and the front bench. And then we put the battery right in the bow and hooked the trolling motor, the 55, up front. Then we'd have, we actually had three batteries because I found out I'm not, in a, I'm not a builder by any means. I studied finance and numbers in college. I look at your spinnerbait. We know that. Anyhow, I know how to catch fish. I know it works. But what I didn't know, so it was hilarious. So we just upgraded the Tuga. That's my boat, the Tortuga. It's my mom's favorite animal in the ocean. She loves sea turtles, loves them. Every time we go down to Florida, if I see a sea turtle, I got to stop the boat. Show, oh, there's a sea turtle. And, and do you spin the prop over its back so you no, know if no. you see it again later? No. I, I almost got one in my cast net a few years ago. I was, wasn't paying attention, and I looked down. I was getting ready to launch my cast net, a 12-diameter cast net. I'm like, oh, there's a turtle, and I just had to abort, and I caught the motor, the, the outboard of the boat, but nice. she was all fired up. She got to see a sea turtle, but anyhow. So so this boat that holds the dining room table is called the It Tortuga. is not. It is a bar lounging table that I, it was a gift for a friend, and so the you boat. You took this down to Florida, this like little boat? No, no, no. This Tortuga, um, okay. No, that, <laughs> the name of the boat's a Tortuga. Okay. And a Tortuga in Spanish is turtus or tortle. Mm-hmm. Tortuga, um, yeah, Breaking Bad, I got that. And, um... Tortuga. I move slow. Yeah. Okay. Cartel. So, so, 
you have three batteries and you're not... Well, the point of the story is we have three batteries. The first battery is for the front trolling motor, the 55. The second battery is for the 35 pound in the back for the guy fishing on the back because we were sick of hearing guys complain, I want to go fish, I want to go fish over there. Well, you're always up in the front. Well, now you have two trolling motors. Guess what? Spin the boat around and go fish where you want to fish. You know, or maintain, if we hook a fish, maintain our position. And we have a third battery for my Hummingbird depth finder, which is uh, has a downscan imaging. I think it's a 685, is what it's called. Or an... and he the, and and this fish finder is not rigged to the boat. He has to like throw the transducer off the no, side. No, 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 no. He, he he likes to pretend he's ice fishing with his Vexlar. <laughs> no, I have a buddy who's dive hard on that. Is it a tiller? Yeah, tiller. And it's a, it's nine a ten nine. horse nine yeah. nine. You have all this stuff on this bed. Yeah. Boy. But it's everything's tucked away. It's actually fishes really. We fish three guys with our big musky rods, no problem. Wow. No problem. Now, he, I, I have a picture. It might even be on the website. I know it's on Facebook, of of you holding one of your orange belly soft tails and you holding a nice musky. And there's a empty beer can of natty ice rolling around. No, like, I don't even know. To be to be honest, I only drink Budweiser products. Going out on the record, I don't drink Miller, I don't drink any of that, and whenever my friends come on board, because there's always a discrepancy on wh which beverage to bring, and I, you know, prefer Budweiser's, and uh, there's, yep, right in the bow of the boat, there's a Miller Light can, I'm like, oh. Is there a Natty Ice? The, the, there the, is the, a Natty the... Ice, it's, <laughs> it's one step above Natty Light. Jesus. $15 a case. WSD. Hey man, we're, we're we're not all of us have a big dude, twenty foot aluminum craft, two hundred tiller, barely fits in the barn, and we're fresh out of school. We're young, ready to go, pile them together. I graduated five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I need to let everyone know this. I mean, Todd knows this. This is like the first time Kickles met Vance. And I'm this fascinated. It's it, it is fascinating. I'm fascinated. We'll go fishing. And. You know, this is probably like the third time I've met Kickle, but I've known him for like a year. There was a time I didn't talk to him for about 11 and a half months. Uh, no, it was about three over the summertime. I just was so busy. I had stuff going on every day. I didn't really get to mile. Okay, and, and he has to explain everything. Well. Why he was MIA, but. Calling me out. I'm calling you out. <laughs> yeah. We did. I only got to muskie fish a handful of times this year. We had a, uh, a boat issue. My engine. Um. What'd you hit? Log. Tell him what you hit. We were backing it up in one of the rivers around here that Andy likes to fish, and there was a little miscommunication, and we were backing it down, and the motor popped off out of the. Because I always have it propped up when we launch in these remote locations, and uh, we hit the. There was full of mud, and there was like cinder blocks, and the launch was just terrible. Because when that river floods, it leaves a bunch of stuff, and then it washes a giant pool right where you launch. And the, it, the truck was backing it down. It was this huge diesel truck. I think a two, I don't know, 250 Chevy. I don't know. I have a Jeep Patriot, so anything's giant when I'm pulling. So anyways, my buddy's launching it. We back up. We hear a bang. I look back. The motor popped down. I'm yelling, whoa, 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 whoa. He uh. kept coming, and that motor pinned on this log, and we kept going, and a boat backed over top of it and then bent the bottom part. Well, it bent the bracket off to the side, so... My boat, my boat's been out of commission since. Wow. Um, but we have two other boats we fish on. But you know, we fish. Actually, my but buddy it, Lou it, uh, on the bright side, it can still haul furniture around. It can mm. if you don't. Hey, that's thinking on your feet. Don't ever pay U-Haul if you have a little boat out there. Just 
pile it on and key it's how I moved out of my old apartment too. But um <laughs> Well when you're in college you're resourceful and they wanted You I lived think, across town. <laughs> still, how are you gonna move that stuff? I have a Jeep. I'm not gonna run a U-Haul to go drive down the road and I have a perfectly good boat. You, that makes sense. you you just said you have a buddy with a twenty five hundred He's Chevy got more stuff in there. There could be traps, guns, and deer heads in yeah. that truck. There's yeah. all kinds of stuff. But it's a truck stuff. bed. You go over and say, hey, I'm going to give you a case of beer. You help me. And you go clean out the bed of the truck. Listen, not the ice. He's well, like, not everybody's schedules are conducive to each other's. And when the landlord says it's, your lease is up, it's your lease is up. It was funny. That weekend, we were we were moving out. <laughs> Justin came over, and we were like, let's go musky fishing. That's why I was rushed. So we ended up going musky fishing on a two-day bender. And uh, we went to a small lake out your way, Todd, um, mm-hmm. in New York. And we had a, it was actually, it was the first big cold front of the year. I mean, bitter cold. It was like a warm fall and then it got cold and windy. And we put, I think, three fish in the boat. Um, one, I think, was about a 39. The other one was a 36. And the other one was like a 27. Nothing big, but it was still action, right? And then the next, that whole day, I'm like, I just want to catch it, a big, fat muskie, a big, fat muskie. I don't care if it's 50, I don't care if it's 30, as long as I get one of those tanks, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we're like, all right, we're going to Lake X in the middle of Pennsylvania, which was like an hour and a half drive from where we live. And we loaded up in a uh, 14-footer, uh, three of us. The crew was my friend Jason, uh, Justin, myself. Is Jason Honky? Jay, I didn't know if I was allowed to call him Honky. Yeah, big honkster. He's from Southern Ohio. Well, it's, a, it's it's a nickname. All right. I, I, as long as I don't, I always thought it was a nickname, is unless it's degrading or something. I think some people find Honky offensive. I mean, that's his nickname. Everything's offensive nowadays. Yeah, I don't want to be politically correct here. You know, we're in a pool barn, but anyhow, so we go down and we're fishing this lake, and next thing you know. Right off the get, we see two fish. We're Justin and I are in the bow of the boat, throwing our raptors, soft tails. See two fish, like, oh, wow, all right, nice. Way to start the day off. See two fish, first drift, things are all right. We're cruising our way up around the lake, nothing. Now, Honky is about six foot five, uh, six three, two four. This is How big turning is he? Turning into like a Bill Brasky skip. He's huge. Okay, he's huge. He, he's, he's, he's probably upper twos. He's a big boy. You know, I look like a midget when I'm around him, but I'm 5'10". I like to call myself six foot, but anyhow, we... Um, so how can you trust any men? Tell the ladies you're six foot. <laughs> well, they, on the, I'm on, six on, foot. On the soccer website, well, I was wait, six When he's sitting at his bar stool that he gave... <laughs> That's what I put for... Because I, I played soccer in college. I got a nice scholarship. And uh, as intimidation <laughs> factor, I... Um, as intimidation factor. When they would check the roster, I'd put myself under six one. so... <laughs> Were your spikes legal? Yeah. Did you use the bigger spike? No, the I was just, just told the trainer, throw her on 6-1. Actually, our whole back line was above 6-1, and some guys were not. You played defense? I was a goalkeeper. Uh-huh. Goalkeeper. And, um... Okay, so let's get back to fishing. All right, yeah. we're, 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 in, we're, on, we're on the, uh, we're on the big trip. It's a Sunday. Let's go. So we load up, we drive down. We had two fish on the first trip. We're fishing around the lake, and, um... We have Honky in the back, and he's running two suckers because he can't really... We actually got him fishing a raptor, how he can twitch it nice and slow and get it so it's just popping, which was great for him. And uh, we're fishing all the way around the lake, and um, I pulled this giant fish. It was a, it, we, were, we were in 30 foot of water casting to, casting to shore. There's red brush, big logs, sand flat. I mean, this little cove came out, and I threw... Old Faithful. Old Faithful. 
And um, no, that's this is that's fish number three of the day. Okay. So then I'm working this fish, and it was the, one of the biggest fish I've ever had fall in my life. Okay, the water's ever. crystal clear, ripping it, ripping it, ripping it, and it's coming. And I'm like, oh boy, here we go. This is a giant. And I mean, I, I started start getting like buck fever a little bit. I'm like, this fish is huge. I kept working, working. And then Hawkey's like, I see that fish, son. He's from <laughs> southern Ohio. And if he could see the fish, I mean, he's blind as a bat, you know. The southern Ohio boys, it's naturally blind. Oh, he is. He is one in a million, that guy. And, um... <laughs> and, okay. uh... So I, we're working the fish, working the fish. I figure eight. The fish follows. Looking at it now, I should have paused the bait longer and let that fish had a, um, a time to react to it, let it stop, see it. But, so the fish, you know, took off. We were like, all right, we're going to come back, work the area in a little bit. We know there's a nice one laying there, a giant... So we fish our way all around the all the way around the lake, and we're doing our second pass up through. I was throwing um, Old Faithful again in a weed patch, and sometimes in shallow weeds, I just like to rip these soft tail raptors through them, create a big disturbance in the water. And I got T-boned by a fish. It came on button, but it was cool. I, it was, he was waking like a shark, came right across the shallows and just crushed it. But he came off, and we we're like, all right, well, whatever. We're having some action. We saw a big fish, saw another fish. So then. Almighty occurs. My wishes are fulfilled. Love it. So, at every musky fishing trip, Todd, I don't think you know this. Actually, you wouldn't know this. I always dedicate an hour, an hour and a half to throwing the 10-inch bait. Always okay. do it every trip. You know, I'll throw it out in the abyss and just start ripping it. You know, bomb it as far as I can and just cover water. Nice. Well, we're going up through. Honky gets his bait stuck in a log jam. And it's a, one of the raptors, and Justin's like, we're getting this raptor back, we're getting it back. I'm like, well, you're not going to break 80-pound braid, so mm -hmm. yeah, we got to go get it back. So as they're doing that, they just saw a fish, and that's why they were casting back in this beaver dam. And now this channel, it was like from shore, it dropped down to like 13 foot, and then it came back up on the opposing side up to a weed flat, so it was a deep channel. And I took, what's the name of that bait? Dirt, Dirt Perch. Perch. Dirt Perch. 10 inch and I threw it out there and I'm ripping it ripping it first cast nothing second cast nothing and then I just bomb it out ripping it ripping it ripping it and I just feel this thing hit and I set the hook with everything I had and we're fighting it we're fighting I'm like I'm on I'm on I'm on you know big fish I see it crashing it ends up being <laughs> the story gets even better so then Justin goes with the net and now mind you we're three guys in a 14-foot boat, we got a 260-pounder in the back. It's Tank. actually a P-Row, just in case everyone's wondering. He's huge. He's a big dude. And um, <laughs> so we're fighting it. We're fighting. I'm getting it. I'm like, getting it. I'm like, get ready, Justin. Now, of course, there's no nice fold-up Andy's arm check net. There, Justin has, like, an essentially made. a walleye net, a little walleye net. I'm like, oh, my God. This is never going to work out. I'm like, I'm going to lose the biggest muskie of my life. Well... He gets it, and he's reaching. Literally, his his thighs are outside the boat. He scoops down, <laughs> scoops this fish. The boat's about to capsize. By the grace of God, Honky just leans on the other side of the boat so we don't he's flip. Natural. He's pulling his weight. He's literally pulling his weight. I grab Justin by the back of the shirt, 
because he's about to go in. He's literally three inches off the water, but he has the muskie. In this in this walleye net. In the walleye net, that giant is folded. So its head and tail is probably out of the water. It's headed it's out of the net. Out of the net, yeah. and its body's just concaved in. Now this net's been around for I guess twenty years. You know, strands are ripping off, and I'm like, ah, oh, this basket's gonna break. Fish is gonna be over. Yeah, kind of like the spinnerbait. Yeah, a little worn. And uh, so I grab Justin, pull him in, him, and just put him right in the boat. The boat stabilizes, and we just start celebrating. I think it was that of the 44, 45-inch tiger. Tiger muskie. Awesome. Giant. Biggest muskie to date. Beautiful. Um, beautiful fish. Local guys. Mike Stimmel did the mount, Todd. And, um, oh, yeah. I think that was one of the first fish caught on the 10-inch, too. I, as, that, yeah, that, that, I, sure, yeah. that I've known of. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, I mean, you don't always get a lot of feedback from people who buy, but yeah, that very well could have been. And that bait looks small in that fish's mouth. I mean, we're hollering, jumping around, just all excited. We finally got a big tiger, because we went down to this lake to target tigers. That's mm -hmm. what we were targeting. It's known for them, it has a reputation, a lot of forage in there. There's trout, there's walleyes, crappy perch. They can just eat and get big. Do you think there's and, sunfish in there? Yeah, there has to be. <laughs> Okay. What? What? <laughs> you were naming all the fish, so I was going to do an obvious oh, one. Oh, are boring. And, uh, <laughs> they, um, except you go out west and there's all about ice fishing for them. And, um, yeah, that fish, it was unbelievable. Made my whole weekend, made my whole year, and ever since then, I'm, and Ever that, since then, it's been sitting in my pole barn. Well, I left it as a display for anybody to try to sell more baits for you guys. Anybody who comes in, you know, these things. It's are, a, it's a reproduction. Yeah, it's let a, it you you let the you let the the fish yeah. go. Yeah, wasn't like a big walleye. We let we let the, we let all muskies go. Um, we don't, we haven't killed one yet. That you know of. Yeah, we know. Yeah, of. the dragon slayers. I mean, geez. Well, I, mean, I mean, they're not doing their job. Live up they're to not the reputation them. Some yeah. days, I mean, <laughs> we always carry a gaff in my boat as a just in case. Yes, love it. <laughs> awesome story, man. No, it was definitely. The highlight of our, and I mean, we catch we catch quite a bit of muskies for the amount of times we go out. But that was your the highlight of your muskie career, right there. That's cool. <coughs> Beautiful fish. The guy's a local PA guy. He knew what he was doing. He was so impressed, and he actually uh, he delivered the mount to me, and I was just blown away. I'm like, I get to keep this. He's like, Yeah. I'm like, This thing is awesome. Mm. I told Andy, you guys should take it to the show. You guys go, just box it up. Did, when you would go to the shows, would you take mounts with you? Uh, a lot of guys did. A lot of guys would take. Did their you mounts. ever do it? No, we, we we had too much stuff. It was it was it's it's a pain. To, Todd, wasn't it a pain to take your your mount to the musky max? Yeah, yeah, gotta, yeah, it is. I mean, yeah, and you don't want to get them. Yeah, damaged. screwed up. There used to be a lot of people take mounts, but uh, anymore, you know, people got TVs running and videos going, and you don't see that many mounts. Anymore there. Yeah, with some yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's a, you know, and the neat thing about that fishing was it being a tiger. I mean, our area, there's not a lot of, you do not have a lot of opportunities to catch tiger muskies, you know, in Pennsylvania or, or uh, you know, at least most of the places I fish. So there, there's a few lakes in PA that have some, and there's a few up in New York that have that I don't fish, but uh, uh, that's, that's a cool fish to catch. You know, they're a lot more common out in. Wisconsin there, you know, the tigers show up pretty often in nature, but uh, ours are all stocked, and they don't stock a lot up, so I'd love to catch a tiger like that someday. Yeah, gorgeous fish. Yeah, it was, 
I knew of one other tiger caught. Um, Justin actually caught it in LaBeouf. Yep. On a raptor, which, you know, who would have thought? Oh, yeah. He caught, he caught that right off the launch there. But, um... <laughs> oh, there's two that whole That whole lake is the launch. Yeah, it's, it's a smaller lake. Perfect for the smaller, you know, the uh, 14-foot fleet. The 14-foot fleet. WSD. WSD. WSD, and which one's the lead of the Tortuga? Well, we'd like to call her the flagship, yeah, but... The flagship? <laughs> <laughs> you it. seriously call it the flagship? <laughs> no, we joke around. But no, it's is it the Brig Niagara? Yeah. <laughs> well, the uh, it was funny. It's got seating for three. <laughs> well, the legal capacity. It, you can dine on it too. You can, you can eat three too. You can dine. You can now. also use it as an open uh, trailer if you need to trailer anything around. Mm -hmm. I guess you that's a double over, threat. You you can fit over three hundred decoys. I use it to hunt uh, divers out on Lake Erie. Um, you could launch it um, and drag it. Most so boats you boat. can launch. Yeah, well, you know, you'd have a hard time dragging this over a beaver dam. I've seen him do it. <laughs> yeah. That's the other thing, is I have witnesses. <laughs> I've seen him do it. No, Todd, I wanted to tell you, we um, that year was pretty special because we got that tiger, but in the summertime, trolling for uh, walleyes and steelhead, because we, fi we fish a lot of tournaments around here. and um, Out on the lake. Out on Lake Erie. Uh, we had a downrigger with a uh, moon cricket spoon, um, which is black and green. And uh, that's a Dreamweaver spoon. It's the name of it. It's a moon cricket. And uh, 80 foot of water, 55 foot down, we caught a 34 inch spotted muskie. Out of, cool. out of Pennsylvania's waters out of Lake Erie. Out of PA Europe. waters, trolling for walleyes. You hear a lot of people catch shows? Yeah, I think Andy, Andy sent me that... Uh, you guys got that, uh, Andy sent me that picture uh, of you guys holding that fish. That That is really cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, and you wonder where it's come from because our our club is stocking, uh, our, our uh, Muskies Inc. club is stocking Prescott with spotted muskies as of, I think, last year was the first year, maybe two years ago now. Uh, I don't know where they're getting them from, but, you know, they're, they're getting the regular Great Lakes strain and they're putting them in Prescott. Which they used to just put the regular strain in there. This so is Presque Isle in Pennsylvania, yeah, not Presque Isle, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. Just yeah, just I, I had to clear that up. There's a Presque Isle in Wisconsin. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. This is Presque Isle Bay and off of Lake Erie, right in the Erie, PA. Yep. And so uh, it was obviously one of those one of those fish that they just thought was neat to see that spotted one out there, you know. Uh, I've, I've had some other people, you know, tell me and, and send me pictures of some some muskies. Showing up, I'm sure there's some giants out there in Lake Erie. Uh, I know most of the time I don't, I haven't been out there in years on a boat. But you know, when we used to go and when we had the spread out, I always put a, uh, I always put a wily lure after we had the better part of our limit. I would always stick a wily on one of the poles and, or you know, uh, off the downrigger or something, uh, just for the heck of it, just to see what 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 could happen. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I mean, yeah. They uh they don't they don't stock king salmon chinook salmon anymore in Pennsylvania waters, but yet every year guys catch a few of them. So you just never yeah, know what you're right. gonna catch out in Lake Erie. We caught a couple cohos this year, um, but we fish we fish our bay that uh, there's a big channel for people who don't know it's Lake Erie. And then we have a channel and then there's a bay. How big's our bay? Three miles long, four miles. Three thousand acres. I don't know, pretty big. And um, 
There we we fish it, Yeah, we fish it in the spring. It's really good fishing for pike and um smallmouth. And a lot of smallmouth too. A lot of crappies, a lot of steelhead. A lot of steelhead. Starting to get a nice push of brown trout. They're stalking more and more. Well, the trouble is we have these cormorants and merganzers that just decimate the stalking efforts. I mean, these birds yeah, are birds of just prey. Eat, eat, and eat, and eat. We'll we'll shoot a merganzer out duck hunting. And um, it's within our limits. You're allowed to do it. And Are you allowed to shoot? You're allowed to shoot coomerans. You're not allowed to shoot them in Pennsylvania. Now in South Carolina, a few years ago, they had a mini season. They killed eleven thousand. I think you're allowed to kill them. You know, can well, you shoot them in Canada? I don't know, but they're federally protected in Pennsylvania. Well, that, that's what you told me before the podcast. But then you, after that, said a bullet goes right through them. What do you mean? <laughs> you said they were federally <laughs> protected, but a bullet goes right yeah. through them. <laughs> Oh yeah, no. They got no, vests I, I, on out there. I I I made that up to, to yeah, to, to trick. But we've pulled out somebody of, somewhere got the joke. Somebody uh, out of the belly of some of these mergansers, we've literally we you know worked worked their fingers up through, and we've pulled out ten, twelve shad and one fish. Mm-hmm. Now imagine a bird, you know, it's a little bigger, and they stalk these fish in clear, crystal clear water, five foot of water. I think we should adapt a. Uh, what they do in Lake Ontario with pens and drag these fish out a few miles and give them a, give them a chance to. But usually when they stalk them right off of uh, East Avenue there, those fish get absolutely pounded. But getting the back LES. To, who? The Lower LES. East the Lower East Avenue. Side. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we call that the LES. The LES. Yep. I lived a few miles from there in college. And But no, the fishing is really good. And the point of that is I lost about a 36-inch spotted money. Uh, spotted muskie this spring and also we saw a really big one and my buddy lost one as well and and i know of two other spotted muskies being caught as well in our bay guys trolling for steelhead in the spring and late fall Hmm. hopefully we're gonna have like a mini lake st Clair in the bay yeah that would be nice but then again i think i i think pete got one this fall uh i heard yeah, they did. Oh, Denver report caught one in the bay trolling for you know, at 37 inches or something. Yeah, I, it was that's a, what this one told me. Yeah, it was a nice did, fish. That's Dreamweaver, right? Yeah, the uh, yeah. we fish a lot of Dreamweaver spoons. It's a company out of Michigan, really cool guys, and they um they have this one spoon. It's called a uh, it's called Buffalo Bill. It's neon on the front and orange. It's got a hot back and that. Over the course of time, if you run that spoon, it's a really good steely spoon, but you'll catch a muskie in our bay if you dedicate enough time trolling to it and run the bigger sizes. They'll hit the little ones, but you'll definitely catch them. Downrigger, three foot down, right out the prop wash, 15, 20 back. I think it lures them in. You know? Awesome. I'll have to give that a shot early spring. You want to go? Go out in the day. Show you around. I got a couple good spots. Have them take you on the Tortuga. You're more than welcome. Once we get the engine fixed up, she's back in business. Do you know who's probably going to be doing that? (laughs) (laughs) I know where there's I know where there's a nice uh, upgrade limcraft for sale. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I I I know exactly where it's at. I saw it today. It's still there. It's still there. Yeah, it's for sale, man. Get yourself one. Yeah. 70 horse Yamaha. Really nice. nice. Mm. That would be real nice. I can take you to it right now. Cover everything. Think the Jeep could pull it? Yeah. 
Yeah, why not? Absolutely. Four cylinder. What's the tower? What, what, what does it say? 3,500 pounds? Something? No, not much at all. Those Jeep Patriots, they're, they're essentially a car shaped like a Jeep. There's not... Okay, it's got to be able to... I, I bet you a Ford Taurus could pull 3,000. What's four Taurus? They have six cylinders? My four. <laughs> that Jeep could tow it. All right. Well, buy we'll, have to, we'll have to check it out. We'll see. Might go to law school. I might go to law school or buy an Illumicraft. Yeah. <laughs> invest in my future or invest in the short term? <laughs> hey, you don't know how long you're going to be here. Hey, you could, um, I could crash the car driving home. Oh, my. What, um... No, that's where we live. There's icy roads, snow, just miserable. Cold snow. Mild winter. I don't, I don't know how much ice that... The, the bay has no ice on it right now. I think some of the smaller coves are starting to ice up, but for the most part, I don't believe... There's nothing you could fish Yeah. that I know of. I haven't seen any... Heard any reports or anybody. Not even in, like southeastern Pennsylvania, like up in the Poconos, usually some of those lakes freeze over and guys mm. go pan fishing out there. I, I wouldn't think that there's any safe ice around here. No. Mm -mm. I heard that uh, Chautauqua got a skim of ice uh, yesterday because it went down to like two well. degrees. Yeah, it was five degrees here yesterday morning, mm -hmm. two days ago, something like that. Yeah, it was real cold. But it was windy again today, so that's a skim probably is gone already. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, awesome. Okay, so I, I got to address this big white elephant in the room. He has all of his baits spread out, Mike does, in the front of the boat. Those are all his. Wanted to be prepared. He wanted to be prepared. Okay, let's let's talk about some of them. Uh, I see a, a sloppy senior that looks like it has leprosy. Well, it's not a new sloppy senior. This thing was one of the old originals that you had in the plastic bag that was stapled. And I had you guys just grab bag them? Yeah, you said take a few of them. I'm like, well, of course. The one I have, it Well, rolls uh, let's over. talk about this one. I want to talk about leprosy. <laughs> okay, so it's like a, a monkey puke green, and then I, I like to tinker with spoons. All my buddies, I like to put my own tape. I like to just trick them out a little bit. And uh, I know Andy doesn't like to call them customized. So I took a black Sharpie, and I put uh, big dots down the green, and then I put little dots throughout the big dots. I don't think it makes a difference, but... Oh, you painted them black? Nice. Okay, I just threw him spoons that he dropped off in May that he wanted me to paint black. And that's why he said I painted them black. Okay, so we have a Sharpie. There is a smiley face on the tail. <laughs> yeah. That, that's more to catch the angler than... Uh, than a muskie, but it's pretty funny if you think about it. Okay, and, and what are you mimicking there? Well, you know, like any uh, shad, they have spots, and no, I don't know, it's just a joke. Just a joke. Just it's, a joke. I wouldn't put that toward in the same box of anything nice. I, I'm, I'm worried about it. Well, I think it doesn't. Those fish, those muskies, there's, when they want to hit, they want to hit. No, I'm not, I'm not talking that the color. I'm talking about it bleeding on another bait. Oh, uh, yeah, I get what you're saying. Well, so far it hasn't. All these other sloppies. This is how my box is set up, Todd. I have a uh, the six-inch Raptors. Uh, my it's a sloppies. Plano 3700. Yep. My sloppies, one spinner bait, 
pile of sloppies, bunch of six. I like the six inch baits in the spring. I got a pike throwing rod, and that um that catches fish. I actually caught. I think I caught three the last time I fished this setup in the spring. I caught three pike, lost another one, and lost a muskie, thirty six inch, right around a mid thirties muskie. Yeah. And those are tooth tamers. Uh, this one. That is. The a village. CTR All Graphite by Cortland. Nice. Seven foot. A a am I wrong with saying that that rod was like the village bicycle? It's been in, in the boat of every one of your friends, and it's finally just found a home. Found a home. The orphan has been adopted. <laughs> yeah. This it's... is it's one of them rods, and I'm not I'm not knocking the rod because I have a pike rod too, but. Any group of friends has that rod that just kind of gets bounced around. Well, this one seemed to have finally bounced into a crevice, and now it's stuck. It is now officially Kickles. It's got a nice... Talk to us about this reel. What is this reel? That is a... I, I own two of them. That is a Daiwa Lexa 400 HS. I, it's got a pretty high line retrieval. I know it's got, I think, 15 or 20 pounds of drag. I know it's up there. Uh, I haven't had any issues with it. I love it. It's a great reel for a guy who doesn't want to drop 500 bucks on a Shimano. They, um, this Lexa, I think they retail for $250. You can, I'm sure you can get them on sale. You can get them used. I absolutely love it. Got a high line retrieval. Easy if the backlash occurs, but it doesn't really backlash, at least for me. Because um, you're that good. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm pretty well-oiled machine with my tools. I own two of them. Brakes are set the same on all of them. Uh, drag, I store them with the drag loose, and I tighten them up when we go fishing. 80-pound um, Power Pro, and then a Fat AZ leader on the front of it, and I tie it with the polymer. And you have my old Jawbreaker Junior. And yeah, the Muskie Rod is the old Tooth Tamer Jawbreaker Junior. Junior, 7.6. I caught a lot of fish on that rod before you took ownership of it. Great history. Except you let a mouse chew on the, on the. No, no, that it got slammed in the uh, trunk of the Jeep. <laughs> Took a little chunk out of it. <laughs> I think it's the rod. It's the rod that blew out your window, isn't it? Santa? No, the the, the jawbreaker blew out. That, oh, okay. That was the eight footer. That was the seven six, and it, it it has a nice action to it. It's it's a great rod. Um, I have zero complaints with either of mine. I, I definitely think with the lighter baits, the six-inch baits and um, the smaller sloppies, they um, that little rod works them well. It really does. You know, you pop, pop, pause, pop, pop. And it's fun when you catch a nice fish on it. The rod loads up, and you can still get a good backbone into it. I just lost that muskie. It jumped in the air, and it, the hooks just spit out. But those other pike I caught on it, they came up and crushed it, and I was able to really get a good hook set. Nice. Those six-inch raptors are pretty deadly in the spring. Nice. But no, the reel's great. I I know you guys were talking about it. Let me see that one, Zom. Check. Is that what'd you say? It's the HD or? Yeah, I still have it. Whoa. If everyone remembers the uh, gear review I did way back when, I still haven't met up with the original owner of that reel. I still have his combo. Yeah, that's this one has the power handle though. The single. It also has a whole new insides and stuff. These reels look pretty much comparable, though, to overall size. It would be. 
I like the double handle. I think it's easier when you're fishing just to grab on, when you're ripping, talking to your buddies, just to find that handle. And if you do get a fish, you know, set the hook and just start reeling. But, there it is. Yeah, this is a cool reel. I like the finish on it. But mine have a little wear and tear. Did you slam it in the car door? No, that was just the butt of the rod. Like I said, there's not a lot of room in the Jeep. And uh, <laughs> should have went up on the ski rack. 2020. <laughs> 2020. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but no, good reel. I mean, and I'm not sponsored by Dio or anything, but I definitely, if there's a mid-range, if there's a guy out there looking to get a musky fishing, I would definitely recommend it. Daiwa Alexa, I haven't had any problems. I fish them pretty, pretty tough when I do. Very nice. Todd, you got any questions for this uh, expert, Mike Kickle? No, man. We're, it, it was fun, fun having him on, fun talking some walleye, some other stuff that we don't get to do. I don't yeah. get to fish for anything. Vance and I are planning to go on steelhead fishing here in the next couple of days, so we'll see how. We'll, maybe we'll have a fishing report. Oh, nice. <laughs> going to local streams? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, maybe in the bay a little bit. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, There's a chance I might go. I been up in a while. Well, usually, Todd, this time of year, those marinas stack up with perch and crappies. We, we put a dent in them a few weeks ago. Caught our limit a couple days in a row, and they're nice, nice fish. I, I saw that Instagram photo. You had all them perch, a steelhead, and like one bluegill. Yeah, two big bluegills. Nice. I had to kill them. Yeah. It's like if I'm gonna clean fish, might yeah. as well throw two more in the bucket. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I, I wanted clarification on why you kept the bluegills. Yeah, I whacked them. That steelhead was sweet. We fished so this local guy in town. He makes these things called nasty shads. They're little plastic minnows, and we fish them on like a one thirty. Oh uh, yeah, one thirty eighth jig head. And um, slip bobber, four pound floral to braid. And I'm jigging it, jigging it, jigging it. It was just the end of the day. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stay another 10 minutes. It's a nice day. We have sunshine. I got a nice bucket of fish. But I'm just going to fish a little longer. And I just see the rod, the bobber go down. And I set the hook. I'm like, ooh, this is something big. And the place I fish, I call this place Jurassic Park because you never know what you're going to catch. And generally, the fish are pretty big. And I saw a pike the day before come up and flash at my minnow. It just came up and rolled a little hammer handle. Nothing big, but it was still cool. And uh, this fish came up and hit. Bobber goes down. I set the hook and immediately... And now we're fishing at a marina, so there's docks. I'm like, oh boy, I can't really lock it down with four-pound floral on an ultralight. So by the grace of God, I'm fighting this fish left and right, underneath, around the dock, over the dock. Just It's jumping in the basin. It was great. And this, my one buddy standing next to me, Big Z, I'm like, oh, man, what are we going to do? And he's an older guy. and He's like, I don't have a net. I'm like, well, I don't have a net. I'm like, all right, when it gets close, I'm going to give you the rod. And I reach down and just eagle claw him right behind the gills and yeah. call him in. So I was going to kill the fish anyways. And... um this guy comes pulling up in his truck. Hey, you doing any good? I'm like, and you're in the middle of this. You park. are right in prime time, buddy. You got a net. So the guy gets out of his truck, and his two kids come out. I'm like, okay, well now, you know, two seconds now just turned into thirty. Yeah. And he starts putting on his boots. I'm like, dude, get the net. Hurry up. It's yeah. a big one. Let's go. And he's like, all right. So he comes running down the dock. He gets it. The fish is right here, and he just reached down and scooped it. We got it. It was a really nice fish, like a six pound. Six pound hen, stuffed full eggs, beautiful nice. fillets off the fish. 
They're pretty good when you get them fresh and you grill them, take the skin off, cut some of the junk away. Some guys say you can't eat them, but they just say they don't know how to cook. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I say they don't know how to cook. <laughs> how do you prepare them? How do I prepare them? Uh, there's a couple different ways, but the steelhead, I've had them a couple ways. One, I made them into a uh, brown trout cakes, like steelhead. And we use brown trout meat too, and we turn them into like a crab cake. That mm-hmm. was really good. Uh, another way, like when we go up salmon fishing in Lake Ontario, those little cohos and steelhead, we fillet them, cut the skin off, and we do them like teriyaki on the grill mm-hmm. or like a liquid smoke on the grill, and they're delicious fresh. Yeah. But the trouble is when guys freeze them and then try to cook them and they don't cut the, you know, because if you flip it over, you'll see a bunch of pink meat on the back oh, yeah. in between. Cut that all the way and trim it, and you can usually, they're pretty good fresh in my opinion. Nice. I think I think so too, especially like the I, when I catch them in the bay, I bring them home, and my my, my wife really enjoys eating them too. Yeah. But like you said, you just got to get rid of that. You got to get rid of that red meat. Put them on the grill. If you freeze them, yeah, they get a little punchy and stuff. But uh, yeah, uh, I don't mind eating them. And just to clarify to guys who are listening, we're talking like fresh steelhead. We're not talking the old war horse in the creek that's got two stucker spawns in its back, yeah. you know, broken jaw. Yeah, no, these things been, are so yeah, yeah, these yeah. things are feeding on minnows, swimming freely. They haven't, you know, they're not too beat up. They're really cool looking fish. They get that nice pink and red line going through them when the sun hits them. They get red in the cheeks in the fall. Really, really, really amazing fish. Does it kind of look like that soft tail raptor you got there? which one up there yeah the the original well here's the original you first ever painted you want to give people a quick little rundown on this so i'm check or yeah they wanted a rainbow trout so i painted a rainbow trout nice <laughs> okay i wanted a rainbow trout not they me my idea and okay we painted it up and <laughs> I, I honestly did had no idea that I, that you even had that bait. I thought Justin did. No, it was my bait all along. And then Andy's like, I'm never painting another one. Never painting another one. That was such a pain. I'm never painting it. So I got nervous to throw it. I'm like, I don't want to snag this thing on a log <laughs> and lose it and only have a memory. So I really didn't even fish it that much. But we got we started trolling around this jointed um, rainbow trout wily. The, what are the five inch? The five and a half. Five and a half. And that thing caught a couple muskies this year, too. But the trout's a great pattern. Beautiful lure. I'm all about it. I can't wait to take this back down to that lake where the tiger was and throw it around. Lake X. Lake X. It's electric only. Just keep giving more hints. Well, there's a bunch of electric lakes around here. I could I could do a podcast con- contest right now. Figure out what Lake X is. <laughs> Get a raptor. Yeah. That that one uh, fishing report me and Vance did where we got the ten pike. I had people messaging and emailing me what guesses on what lake it was. Really? Yeah. They all they all nailed it. All but one took a couple shots, but yeah, they figured it out pretty. I quick. think the thing that threw guys off is would be one of the things is where you launch your boat. Yeah. That would be the one that would, but, but there's multiple access points. Yeah. Uh, Vance, do you have any questions for high energy Kickle? Uh, I'm, I'm, no, no, not really. You're, you're I'm intrigued. More, I'm more intrigued about that ice fishing for walleye. And, it's and walleye. awesome. I mean, that, Definitely that, that really go. seems. Now, with, with the resident population of walleye off, off of the Pennsylvania shores, do you think that there's a uh, ice fishing opportunity there? Well, the thing is with our lake is the current... Our part of the lake. Our part of the lake, yeah. 
all PA waters, is the like we thought about going out and trying to catch Lakers through the ice when it's that real cold um, winters, not a lot of wind. But the current, the way it sets up here, there's no real like in the western part of the lake. It's a giant bay. Essentially, it's a giant bay. Where here you just have rocky shoreline that goes down into the mighty Niagara, a couple hundred miles. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, some guys in Buffalo though, they go out on four wheelers and go perch fishing out in the middle of the lake. I would try it, but I don't believe there's a resident population. It's I mean, there's fish that stick around. Guys catch a few every year through the bay. Guys were catching them in the channel this year, burbot fishing. A couple mm. guys were catching walleye. They had a good burbot bite, but... Don't you think you go to the mouth of, like, a steelhead creek? You know, maybe not right at that mouth, but go out a little bit. I mean, I don't see. I don't hear a lot of Lake Erie ice fishing reports. They, uh, they catch steelhead. They target a lot of steelhead. They go down to Walnut and uh, Trout Run. They walk out. But then again, the ice is pretty shaky. Mm. Well, they, they get those ice jagged mountain buildups that have you ever seen that where like the ice just gets all rammed and then it goes up it the mm. wind just makes these big pyramids and then it freezes so you could be like walking and then now you have to scale this 12 foot high ice sheet wow and then you go down the other side and it's not smooth yeah yeah that's but out out west it's definitely the way to go four-wheeler you know you have your gps the only thing you have to watch out west is the uh, pressure cracks. But having a buddy in the Coast Guard, you know, if he's yeah. not fishing, it's like one lifeline away. Yeah. Which is nice to have. Incredible. Well. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Give your plugs out. Let's yeah, no. <clears throat> no, I'm, I'm cool with it if anybody wants Come to. Come on, guys. You, f- you fished walleye all year round on, uh, or, well, for when on, you can. on Erie, right? Yeah, we fish. We fish. There's a lot of tournaments. There's usually one in the spring. Walleye tournament. Like, yeah, like June, early June. Then there's a July. Mm-hmm. Then there's one in August. And our our group of guys, we won that one. The overall combined, we um we won the fall trout challenge last year. We took third in the spring. We won the Wilson. Um. We do well. We like to, it's one way to compete. Tournament fish, get all of our buddies together on a boat. You know, a lot of different guys have a bunch of stuff going on on weekend. So it's one time we dedicate, like, hey, we'll pre-fish Friday, go fish a tournament Saturday, and shut her down on Sunday. But no, we did. We do well for the young guys. We're the young guys out there. A lot of these guys we fish against are 40, 50 years old. Are, are, you, are you like the pinwheel on Wicked Tuna? Dude, that guy's a bum. Oh, man. <laughs> Don't even start with that, Todd. That guy, he, he is, is a bum. He is such a bum. I mean, I give it up to the hard merch, the Marcianos. Those guys are grinding, fixing everything in the bottom of their boat. Their boat sunk the one year. That guy's. You, you don't like the dot com? Dave, well, his buddy Sandro or Sandro, he's a he's a good fisherman. That young kid, but Dave's a bit weird. He's got a that weird dog. Mm. It's like, dude, you're judging the guy's dog. Buy a lab. You're a man. Come on. I got three pugs, buddy. Well, pugs are great. My old roommate. Damn <laughs> right they are. But they, a pu- it's not a it's not a curly haired golden doodle or something. Pugs are cool. Well, Chester, who's great. But. <laughs> Without breaking stride, he switches around. <laughs> I like it. I love it. <clears throat> oh man, that's okay. sweet. So when are you gonna do a, a walleye tournament this year? And uh, the, I the next March April. Yeah, I'd say the next tournament would be early early June. Early when June. It, but there'll be some salmon tournaments in Lake Ontario that we'll fish in May. Nice. Um, that's always fun. We get a couple local guys here. Um, the Oots crew, 
really good group of guys. They come up and we... Uh, Oats Chips? Yeah, Oats Chips. They uh, mm. are our unofficial sponsor. They actually, Matt and Nick, are really cool guys. We go up to Salmon Camp. We get to go up there. We fish for King Salmon, Brown Trout, yeah. uh, catch some Lakers, but mainly Kings. Todd, you did that up there with Pete a couple times, but yeah. we... Um, we go up and fish. There's a big tournament called the Wilson. Then there's a couple of the Pro-Ams that we fish. And it's pretty cool because the Lake Erie is such a fertile lake that the Niagara River gets all this nutrients from our lake and it pumps out this giant plume out in the Lake Ontario. And depending on the wind and the current, it's like an ocean up there. It's very new. And you find these salmon in the, in the certain type of water we like to look for in that plume. And we, um, we target that and... You know, we had some growing pains going up there starting out, but we started to get dialed in, figured it out, and now we go up there and catch fish when they're there. Yeah. It could be it could be on and then the next lake could change in half a day and those fish could be gone. Just the way the wind switches, the current switches. Nice. Freshwater sharks. Next to a muskie, the kings are my favorite one of my favorite fish to catch in Lake Erie and walleyes through the ice. Not walleye trolling. That's boring. It's a lot of fun. That's, that's, that's like dough season. It's like dough season. <laughs> <laughs> You're just doing it for the meat. <laughs> yeah, that's essentially what it is. There's no fight at all. These fish come in, open mouths, shaking their head. They got a reef runner in their face or a storm. There's yep. just. But when you get that same fish on an ice fishing rod. And you're over, you know, an eight-inch hole, and your Vexlar's flashing. It's a completely different animal. And you hook, and he's screaming line, and that little rod's bent over, and you have your rod in the hole so that the line won't fray on the edge of the ice. you got to put your rod in there as he runs, and then you get him up, and then you get a guy with a gaff where you reach down and grab him. Just so you know, you're the only guy I know that has a Vexlar. Everybody I know has a Vexlar. I love my Vexlar. I, I'm just saying, you're the only one I know. FL28. Really good unit, really good unit. Battery. They designed these Vexlars now that you can have a uh, you can have the battery last all day. So these guys would go on these remote trips way up north. Well, if your battery dies and you know the first day of fishing, that's no good. How are you going to charge it? Mm-hmm. Well, now they have it. Like we we'll, we some days we won't even charge our Vexlars. Well, I always charge it, but they'll last. Ohio, Ohio, another weekend in Ohio, and then we'll come back and it'll die when we're just dinging yeah. around for perch on our bay. Nice. But yeah, they're. Would definitely recommend purchasing a Vexlar, and I'm not sponsored by him. That's what I would. Old school, <laughs> don't fix them. Nothing wrong with them. You're the only one I know that has one. They're great. It's like a video game. That's a great way to get kids into fishing. Is put them on a Vexlar. You I'd sooner have an underwater camera. Yeah, I mean, I have an AquaView, and I love it. We went over it, but I think sometimes it spooks the fish. I really do. Is that why you're gonna get it painted up? Yeah, well, at least it's an attractant. I think that'd be cool. I'm a big musky staring you right down, yeah. you know, getting ready to eat your camera. There's videos of, like largemouth coming up and eating the camera on Aquaview's website. Wow. I've, I've had muskies bump into mine. They're curious under the ice. I mean, like, like and I, I have a cheap Harbor Freight one. I'm not about to spend fish the Fish mus- TV? No, it's not a fish TV. It's a Harbor Freight yellow one. <laughs> and, uh, like, I, I, had it, I had it down and... I'm like, oh, look, here comes a muskie coming straight at it. And it's like right at the camera lens. It, boom, my camera goes back, comes up, hits his nose again. He, he just, he bumped it a couple times, turned and swam away. Awesome. Just, you know, I've seen a lot of muskies with, with mine, actually. Well, that goes back to the point by putting the spoon on the tip up above your bait to give it a little extra flash down mm-hmm. there. 
is um but i think they're very curious fish especially pike and pike and muskie under the ice for sure awesome nice so okay kickle give out your instagram you're gonna get a bunch of followers yeah that'd be interesting uh it's just my name, Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, and my last name, Kickle, K-I-C-K-E-L. Okay, you want to do your Facebook? Uh, same thing. Same thing. Exact same thing. Find him, and let him know what, what you think about this podcast. Fish picks. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, anyways, the, uh, the, st- the standard, Fatty Z Muskie products on Facebook, fattyzmuskie.com. Muddy Creek Fishing Guides on Facebook, mcfishingguides.com. Uh, Todd Young on Facebook, friend him, and check out the show dates. We're going to be at, actually, GT. GT has our stuff coming up in Chicago this weekend. He'll be at pretty much all the shows, GT will. GT Rod and Reel. Check him out if we're not going to be at the shows. Um, we're going to be Columbus, Kentucky, and the Musky Max, plus the local little shows. I should know them, but Todd knows them better. Um, anything else, guys? You're good? Todd, you're good? Yeah. All right. That's, uh, that's a wrap. Good luck fishing. Thanks for listening.